Hello, everybody. Welcome to this yet another series of podcasts. And today, our topic of discussion is maternal and child health. I'm your host, Dr. Abbani. And today, we are discussing on the maternal and child health perspectives. With me today is a community medicine specialist, Dr. Anirban Chatterjee. And his background uh, is from public health and preventive medicine. Welcome. Uh, on good evening, show. all. It's, good evening. Good evening, Dr. Rapani. So, regarding maternal health, maternal health firstly refers to the health of women during the pregnancy, the childbirth, and the postnatal period. For our audience who does not have a clear understanding what is basically this maternal and child health about, now each stage should be a positive experience, ensuring women and their babies reach their full potential for the health and well being. Although important progress has already been made in the last two decades, but still around 3 lakh women died during following the pregnancy and the childbirth after 2018. Now, this number is uh, unacceptably high. And uh, as, as a speaker, I, uh, I would request you to please throw some light on this particular rate or incidence of deaths due to maternal uh, reasons. Um, so thank you for giving me the chance to speak in this podcast. Uh, as you said very rightly, um, three lakh deaths per year in a country like India is unacceptable. It has come down. Definitely it has come down as compared to before. But um, if we look at the statistics, right, it's uh, 103 per uh, one lakh life births uh, mm -hmm. as compared to uh, what it used to be earlier on, which was pretty high. Yeah. There are a few uh, states especially North Indian states um, uh, like, and one Northeastern state, Assam, Bihar, Jharkhand, yeah. MP, uh, UP, Rajasthan, which contribute to the mother load of this high maternal mortality. And um, it is these states only where focused intervention is required to bring down mortality. Yes. So, Basically, our audience is also from overseas, from other regions, from uh, the world, for example, from the African side as well. Uh, is uh, okay. the reasons that you have cited about the Indian subcontinent, do you think the other, the, these particular reasons are also applicable in other continents? Yes, there are three basic reasons which causes maternal mortality. Uh, it, there, are th there are three delays. Mm -hmm. There can be delay in deciding to seek medical care. There can be delay in getting to the medical center. And there can be a delay in getting medical care. These mm -hmm. three delays are universal. Right. The death might be due to delay one or delay two or delay three or a, a host of these factors combined together. Uh -huh. But they apply universally. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for increasing our information on the same. Now, I would like to discuss further on... There's something related to the nutritional anemia part in, in the pregnant woman and lactating mothers. So what are the reasons of the, basically behind their persistence? Your thoughts about it? Uh, so um, what we have seen is that nutritional anemia has remained a stubborn factor, mm -hmm. uh, which has not reduced a lot in either pregnant women or lactating women. Right. Uh -huh. um, Initially, it was obviously thought that it's nutritional. So we provide them with iron folic acid and it, you know, it resolves. It turns out there are multiple societal systemic reasons 
which lead to uh, persistence of anemia in the community, even in communities which are considerably well off. Please understand the situation where we presume that people who are well off will eat better mm-hmm. and will have lesser nutritional deficiencies. But that is not the case in, in, in this scenario, at least in the Indian context. Yeah. Uh, being well off does not ensure that your nutri- you that you'll not have nutritional deficiencies. There are multiple issues aso- avail- which are associated here. So when we go to procure any kind of medication or any kind of supplementation, mm-hmm. there is and we are unable to do so. There are two issues. One is the supply side issue. One would be the demand side issue. Okay. So usually it is a combination of these two which lead to perpetuation of nutritional anemia. Mm-hmm. Um, my recent experience in Madhya Pradesh has, sh- has shown me that, especially postpartum women, mm-hmm. are unable to procure iron folic acid tablets because they're not informed that they're entitled to that six months after delivery. Mm-hmm. So in the right. Indian scenario, mm-hmm. women are supposed to receive iron folic acid from six months before till six months after delivering a child. Right. And even though the before factor is somewhat taken care of, the after factor is not. So this is a supply side issue. All On right. the other hand, in the before side issue, um, many women end up not taking IFA. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, it was thought that it's iron sulfate. So this causes gastritis mm-hmm. and they might not be able to consume. They are unable to consume because stomach ache. But now that there are better formulations available, still the demand is low. The consumption is low. And we are still working on understanding what factors lead to such low consumption of iron folic acid in the community. Right, right. So more or less these uh, direct and indirect causes related to the maternal injury or their morbidity. Uh, For example, you mentioned already about the excessive blood loss, the infection, the chronic diseases, and most of all, the indirect causes like anemia and something related to malaria and heart diseases. Uh, They form the major chunk of the reasons uh, related to the maternal morbidity or mortality even, right? I, I am I'm going beyond infection. I'm going beyond. So these reasons definitely persist. Infections, okay. malaria, okay. hemoglobinopathies, uh, uh, pre-existing nutritional anemia, all of these reasons definitely exist. But even in a situation where we are able to provide for these like conditions, like we do provide pregnant women with deworming in mm-hmm. the second trimester, right? We do provide them with treatment for malaria when they're pregnant. We do provide them with treatment for other infectious conditions when they're pregnant. Even then, there are issues on the demand and supply side which lead to perpetuation of this condition. And which is why the condition is persistent. If we go logically, then after decades of intervention, literally decades of intervention for nutritional anemia in pregnant women, we should have seen a substantial dip. Mm -hmm. But that is not the case. And there are, we are not, the problem is we're not listening to them. We are telling them what to do. And now we have started to listen to them and understand what it is that is causing them to not take these supplements, even though they know fully well it is for their own good. Right. So there's basically this one school of thought that mentions uh, basically that nutritional anemia or even the poor maternal health is something related to the lower caste the poor socioeconomic class, or even for that matter, the minority women, they have basically poor access uh, to healthcare. What would be your thoughts about uh, why this is happening and what could be some measures that could be taken to alleviate such concerns? Um, 
the concerns are valid definitely in so far as if we speak comparatively then yes comparatively women from women who are at the intersections of various disadvantages are mm-hmm. definitely at a disadvantage as opposed to other women right so if we talk about a lower caste woman she is at an intersection she's a woman and she's a lower caste so this is the intersection she's inhibiting is inhabiting and uh-huh. she suffers from the systemic barriers which any other woman inhabiting the intersection will experience while trying to access healthcare so again the issue here is not only uh, demand related it's also supply related um so when we do go to ameliorate these conditions when we are trying to resolve the issue of persistent anemia in these women we have to look at both demand side and supply side innovations which would allow them to access consume and persist with the consumption of food supplements etc which would lead to a reduced incidence or prevalence of anemia in these women um some steps the government already has taken we have community health workers asha workers anganwadi workers anm who do go door to door to supply them with medications the issue also remains with the demand side um preliminary experiences uh, with uh, anemia mubharak program that i have had in madhya pradesh they indicate that um at many a times the seniors in the house are not very enthusiastic about these supplementations um which is something we have to work on so i think it's at the end of the day it's all uh, an issue of encouraging um uptake of iron folic acid through an intensive behavior change campaign mm-hmm. and uh, also ensuring that once the behavior change is there the supply does not uh diminish it does right. not get interrupted so according to our expert obviously the behavior change is the key to incorporate any kind of a, a health promotional campaign now as we discussed about the poor or the low caste and the minority women there's something more to it the tribal women or the tribal population mm. and the, the different regions uh, that are like not easily accessible to the healthcare services mm. what is the paradigm related to it no the, you just mentioned the paradigm access there is no yeah. access okay uh, it is so uh, especially in tribe so uh, we call them the marginalized community right uh-huh. no one wants to marginalize themselves there is no one like that they have been marginalized that is their uh, that is their reality now they live at the edges of a society and which is not visible does not exist at mm-hmm. least to our eyes right so that has been the main issue there are access issues that they suffer from which which are um, which can be resolved very easily once we listen to them we again uh, i keep on going back to health access ge- demand generation supply uh, supply side uh, uh, regularization and listening to them because that will lead to trust building that will lead to um, that will lead to demand gener- demand persistence that will lead to amelioration of the condition the same situation the same paradigm applies to tribal women also women who are tribals they are not being listened to right so they require specific interventions which can which are um, which only they require for example i'll just give an example i recently encountered a woman uh, she is uh, she is a banjara so they go from place to place selling ironware right now if she does not have an uh, if she has an mcts card 
right? That is an yeah. NCTS number. She should technically be able to access healthcare using that card. But given the fact that they don't have land holding, many of them don't have an Aadhaar card. Uh-huh. Since they don't have an Aadhaar card, they don't mm-hmm. have an NCTS card. Mm-hmm. Since they don't have an NCTS card, every time they have to go somewhere for services, they have to beg. And this kind of arrests the entire chain of care that they should, that they deserve, that they should ideally be getting. So these are issues which, which the policy makers, the health programmers, they have to keep in mind mm-hmm. that there are people who might not be able to fit in the boxes that we are generating in order to provide solutions. Mm-hmm. And we have to provide accordingly. Uh-huh. So uh, basically, it's said that the maternal and the child health is some some kind of a one single unit. Now, we've talked yeah. about certain factors related to the maternal health. What would be your uh, um, discussion or what would be your uh, focus in terms of the factors that affect the child health at the population level and some immediate remedial measures to take care of those? So... Um... As uh, there is more research on child health and child development, we are realized, we already had realized that the experience a child has as a, child, a person has as a child has lifelong implications, right? And the implications right. might go beyond their life, intergenerational implications. Uh, now we know that the first thousand days of a child, so the uh, time from conception till the child is two years of age, this mm-hmm. time period is extremely crucial for their survival. It is very crucial for their growth. It is very crucial for their development. So the immediate remedy, and that is something that even the government is trying to do slowly. Um, the immediate remedy that we can provide for, for children is to ensure that these first thousand days, they are provided with enough nutrition and stimulation to allow them to grow up into holistic human beings. Right, there should be no insult or assault on the child uh, systemically or individually, which would arrest their development. That is the one thing we can ensure. Now, having said that, it, it sounds very nice, very academic, very simple, but for example, ensuring that a woman who is pregnant does not undergo violence from her intimate partner or ensuring that a woman who is lactating is able to provide breast milk to her infant six to eight times a day without having to do five other work. That is a gargantuan task. But if we are to focus on child health, child needs, then ensuring that these first thousand days uh, are the best that we can provide for the child is is very necessary. It's very necessary. Right. Thank you. Thank you. We are actually short of time. I would quickly ask you to just wrap up the session with your closing comments on how do you summarize this maternal and child health concept and what would be a message to the policymakers, to the stakeholders from this particular podium? I, 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 had, uh, I think in summary, in, in, in conclusion, there are yeah. two things that policymakers need to take care of. One is ensuring access and one is building trust for which they need to listen to the people they're catering to. We mm-hmm. are, after all, catering to clients. We have mm-hmm. to listen to clients to make sure they come back to us second weekend. If we're able to do these two things, then maternal child health situation in India will definitely improve over time. 
Right. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Dr. Anirban. Uh, you took out uh, your precious and valuable time for us. Uh, I would wrap up this session with the quote like, the ending preventable maternal deaths must remain at the top of the global agenda. At the same time, simply surviving pregnancy and childbirths can never be a marker of a successful maternal health care, as even our resource person has talked about already. So it's critical to expand the efforts, redu reducing maternal injury and disability to promote health and well-being. This is your host, Dr. Apani, signing off. Thank you.